0: For me, it's the way of working rather than just culture. Culture is obviously a really big word. So the way that we had to work was we constantly had to be on our feet. You know, we had to respond very quickly. So finding people who were responsive could think on their feet, that was very important. And by engaging with individuals during the interview process and obviously the technical test, we were able to see how people work.
1: Welcome back to How I Built This, the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of Scottish tech companies and their successes. I'm Jack Stephen, and as always, we're brought to you by Cathcart Technology, Scottish technology recruitment experts. As some of you may know, my former colleague, Liam Wilson, started this podcast on the back of his very successful other podcast, How AI Built This. I just wanted to say a quick thanks to Liam for helping me set this up. On the first episode of the podcast being back, I'm joined by Kat Hurst, Chief Product Officer and Selby Carey, Technical Operations Manager from Edinburgh MedTech startup, TestCard. I'll let Kat and Selby go into it in a lot more detail later on, but as a brief intro, TestCard are on a mission to make healthcare more accessible to all. As a business, they provide both at-home and clinical use digital testing solutions for a variety of illnesses and conditions. Kat Selby, welcome to the show. It's um really great to have you both on. How are you both?
2: Yeah, good. Thanks. It's great to be here.
1: Very well, thank you. Thanks for the invite. No, you're very welcome. Obviously, before we, we jump into the kind of background of, of Test Card and, and go into into more detail, really just wanted to to kind of find out a little bit more about kind of both of your your backgrounds. Um Kat, I believe I'm right in saying that you kind of started in the, the medical space
2: yeah that's right. I was looking for a job where I could work a lot of hours and just a few days while I was at university. so I started working in a hospital very quickly got roped into anything that needed to be done tech wise. <laughs> I've always been really comfortable with technology i love I love tech. I mean, I'm going back to the days of live journal showing my age there very early internet site uh, which I loved and so uh you know when the time came, for example, we had some um, piece of software uh, that we were using in, in a medical department in a hospital and uh, it wasn't serving us well anymore. So it was just me and an engineer in a room figuring out a new way. This was before a product was a thing. It, it it wasn't called that back then. It was just making solutions that worked for us in the moment. So yeah, for, even from very very early on, my background in, in healthcare and my background in tech inter- intersected.
1: Yeah. And that's great as well. That's obviously what kind of test card is the kind of intersection between medical and tech. So I can imagine when you got the the job, it was a pretty ideal fit.
2: Yeah, it really did. It it uses and challenges all of my skills and (laughs) talents. It's a startup or scale up. So, you know, the job roles often don't matter what your actual job title is. It's whatever needs doing uh, on the day. Uh, So it could be anything from project management to product management to uh, you know talking to clients or potential clients opportunity calls and I'm on the c-suite so there's some some leadership and some strategy there so it's a real mix it's different every day it's incredibly busy but that's what I love about it it's brilliant
1: great great and then Selby I think you mentioned that you, you kind of did a master's in chemical engineering you also worked for quite a few companies throughout that and Obviously, you know I had to to get it in as well. A, a year spent as a, a holster model as well.
0: I love how you've uh, you've managed to go through my CV and pull out <laughs> all those. Uh, so yes, I graduated with a master's in mechanical engineering. Despite my sins, I decided to farm my own business when I graduated. Obviously, my parents weren't as excited then. They're probably a bit more happy now. Uh, So I founded a couple of businesses. My second business was a high-growth business, raised over half a million, uh, and that was focused on robotics, so building autonomous robotics surveillance vehicles. And at the time, uh, I was actually headhunted to join TestCard when it was only three people, and by complete chance, I joined, I believe, I think two weeks before COVID actually happened. And I was essentially brought on to help the company to grow, to build the tech team, to build our systems and processes and deliver and launch our first product. So it was quite an exciting journey. And obviously since then, we've gone from success to success. So it's been really exciting.
1: Yeah, it's been great to see um, how well the the team's grown and how well the team's done. So just taking it a little bit kind of back further um i've always kind of really resonated and loved the story behind test card the kind of merge of the two skill sets i think there's a, a video on youtube from luke and, and andrew talking about it do you mind just kind of going over that in a, a little bit more kind of detail how the kind of genesis of the idea really came around so when i first obviously joined Testcard, card it, it was a sort of a visionary
0: discussion between the two co-founders andrew and luke And my understanding of how the company was formed was around a kitchen table where they were discussing the challenges of healthcare. And when I actually first met Luke and and Chris Hewitt, the CTO, they immediately inspired me with the idea that you were combining, you know, very traditional uh, medical testing, which is obviously Andrew's domain, you know, lab testing with. In the power of a smartphone and the story obviously of how they noticed, you know, the challenges or Andrew noticed the challenges from the clinical side. And obviously Luke came from a digital perspective and they came together around the kitchen table and basically said, we, we've got to do something about this. There must be a way to solve this. So when I first met them, I got really excited because I thought, oh my God, if we <laughs> can do this at an early stage, could, for example, my father be diagnosed with diabetes earlier and be treated earlier? could he have done those tests in the comfort of his own home because he didn't want to go to the doctor? Or, you know, if, if my mother had a UTI and she couldn't get to the doctor for whatever reason, could she then do that at home and get diagnosed and then be able to get treatment straight away? So that story of sort of two people coming together, talking about a problem that, you know, both of them had, had faced in different ways. That's what really inspired me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I've always loved the story and I think it is great. And it's one of these ones that when you kind of hear it, it kind of resonates with you and you kind of think like, yeah, that is the situation. So no, as I said, I absolutely love it. And you kind of touched on it as well, the joining in the kind of midst of the pandemic, just as it kind of started to kind of hit the UK. That's also when kind of growth really kind of started to happen as well. What was it kind of like? Kind of starting in a company around that time, and um, what were the kind of major challenges and stuff with that?
0: It was very exciting because it, it was young. It was it was obviously a new idea. Obviously, the company had been around for a couple of years before I joined it, so I was employee number seven, or basically myself and and uh, three others joined at the same time: two engineers and our head of product development in the US. So it was really exciting. Everyone, you know, knew that we were at the beginning of something really new, as COVID had you know, just hit, you know, we realized that not only did the technology have potential to change people's lives, it also had that opportunity to do something great during the pandemic, you know, to provide accessible healthcare at a time when we really needed it. So it was really fast paced and we had to learn a lot uh, i it was my first time coming into the medical device space so i had to learn a lot about quality management systems about iso certification about the ce mark process uh, and it was it was great because we all were bought around the vision we knew what we had to do you know we hit the ground running and then we knew that we had to build you know an internal team we had to move from being you know the early stage scrappy startup to being a more Established mature business, and within six months of myself joining, and obviously a couple others, you know, we hired the tech team internally. We managed to get our ISO certification. We built that quality management system you know, as a team, and we launched our first product all within six months. It was it was fast paced. It was exciting, as as I keep saying, <laughs> and it was something that I look back on with fond memories.
1: Yeah, and you kind of mentioned it there. The I remember you kind of pivoted a little um, during the pandemic to to kind of start doing the COVID tests. Was that quite natural or was it, were you kind of approached about it or how did that kind of come about?
2: We were focused on the the B2C product that we have on the market, which is the test card UTI test kit, which is a physical test kit uh, that comes with two tests. And then uh, you download an app uh, which supports you in performing the test correctly, provides you with an instant result in words, you don't have to try to interpret colors on a test strip. And then you can share those results with uh, your doctor, or you can share them with um, an online pharmacy and receive treatment if you have a positive test result. So that's really where the business was when I joined in January of 2021. And then almost immediately, like the minute I walked in the door, uh, they'd been having some initial conversations with guys in St. Thomas's Hospital down in London, uh, because we were still obviously very much mid-pandemic they wanted to use lateral flow testing, especially in their emergency department, um, in order to, universal testing, just everybody who walked in the door I test everyone. And the problem with, rapid diagnostic test, point of care testing, is that there's no easy way to record those results into the patient record um, and to make sure that the test is being performed accurately and read accurately. Actually, we found during the pandemic, they did some studies and they, you know, you think of PCR as being the gold standard for testing and lateral flow is just kind of off to the side. But actually, they found when lateral flow tests were performed correctly and read correctly, the, there's a real parity in terms of the accuracy of the results with PCR. So they were really happy to use lateral flow, but they didn't have a digital solution for it. So um, some conversations had begun very early days. And when I walked in the door at Testcard, they said, Hey, do you want to run this project? I said, I do. In fact, so, uh, so, so um, I started working, we, ha- we were very, very fortunate to have a real collaborative partner, Dr. Rahul Batra, who uh, works in infectious diseases at Guy's and St. Thomas's, uh, worked with us and we developed a solution, we call it ClearScreen, that's our professional use or clinical use product, uh, and we put that into practice, into into use um, at Guy's, and it's been very, very successful for them, um, what they have found, being able to read and record the test results on very inexpensively deployed smartphones uh, rather than, you know, normally when you purchase a machine in a hospital, you're talking tens of thousands of pounds. Um, we have them on Android phones, so they can be deployed anywhere they need to be used. They can be moved around. They can, You can test at the bedside. They found that they had almost 100% recording of test results, whereas before they were hovering somewhere around 15% of actually recording the test of somebody having to scribble it down in the chart somewhere. Uh, they found that there was a real reduction in overcrowding in the emergency department uh, because they could move people through faster, right? They kept patient flow going um, because they uh, weren't waiting for lab results. Uh, you know, they knew they could test that person as they were being registered. Um, it's a 10-minute development time. They had a result. They could cohort those people safely. So meaning they weren't keeping people who were COVID positive or this past winter flu positive, because we did flu testing as well, uh, in a room with somebody who wasn't. You know, They were safely cohorting people, which kept um, patients, guests the hospital and, and, and staff members safer. Uh, and of course, they were able to provide clinical intervention straight away uh, because they had a test result. So uh, it was really beneficial for them. As I say, we added the the Covid flu combo test uh, last this past for this past winter, and that was really successful for them. And so generally speaking, they are moving all of their point- of care rapid diagnostics into the clear screen system because it allows them to have a digital record. I should also mention that we, are integrated into their patient record. So that means that the test results are instantly recorded in the patient record uh, and follows that patient on their journey through the hospital, none of which was in place before. They had no easy way of doing this with rapid diagnostics before clear screen.
1: No, that's amazing. That increase um, to 100% is obviously just amazing. And um, what other kind of stuff have you, you kind of been working on since you, you joined TestCard? I know that there's been quite a few kind of milestones, achievements that you're quite proud about.
2: Yeah. Well, in addition to the clear screen product, we uh, have been looking at what we call organization led home testing. So of course we have this private model where you can purchase a test card and get a and get a, um, a prescription if you need to. But we know that there are lots of occasions where we are still asking or forcing people to attend a GP surgery or a clinic for a very simple testing that could be performed at home. And the reason we do that is because doctors need to make sure that the test is performed correctly, read correctly, and that there's traceability. There's a record of the test, including things like timestamps, an image of the test, where the test was performed, et cetera. And so we are supporting Yorkshire Cancer Research, which is a division of Cancer Research UK, along with King's College London and a couple of other academic um, institutions in a bladder cancer trial that's running in Yorkshire right now. The format, the model of the trial requires people to test for six days in a row. So you can imagine how burdensome that would be. Um, All of the participants in the trial are over 60, most quite a lot over 60. Uh, And so um, asking people to attend a GP surgery or clinic or hospital every day for six days is problematic. And they find that they have a lot of attrition in trials like that, where people will attend for a few days and then stop. Um, And so they approached us for a digital solution and we were able to build an app for them that allowed patients to test. There's a lot of support in that app flow for people who might not be that comfortable with technology. So we include videos and animations and text um, support and they perform the test they obviously don't get a result in this case. They just get a notification that their scan has been successful, and then the image of that test and all the correlative data goes through to the research nurses who are running the trial uh, to be reviewed and take further steps. Um, and so that's been really successful. I. Can admit that I had questions in my mind <laughs> about whether a group of over 60s was going to be really comfortable using technology for their healthcare. Um, but we found uh, the data that we have so far is that of the two options, they could either use the app or there was a, a free phone option where they could call in with their results. 80% of the participants in the trial used the app, uh, so it's been uh, it's been a real a real winner. Um, and so off the back of that, there's an awful lot of cancer screening and other serious disease screening that needs to be done in the UK, everywhere in the world, really. So things like prostate cancer, there are early detection tests that can be performed at home. HbA1c is a test that diabetics need to perform very regularly to determine how their diabetes is being managed over time or how well um, it's being managed over time. At the moment, they're required to attend uh, a surgery for a fingerprint blood test, which diabetics are very comfortable doing themselves, uh, obviously. So we're we are uh, we're actually working with Scottish Health on... Um, On a new initiative with that right now um, to see if we can allow for that kind of remote monitoring. So, yeah, that hybrid model of like the person is testing at home, but on behalf of a clinician or an organization of some kind is an area that we're really interested in as a business.
1: That's great. And one thing that kind of sticks out to me when you're chatting about all the kind of stuff that you've been working on everything kind of relates back to the the overall kind of ethos of the company that you're making healthcare much easier. It's much more kind of accessible, um, like you said, to the kind of the older generation as well. So, yeah, no, it's, it's great to hear. And obviously with this being a, a kind of tech podcast, what are some of the kind of tech changes or some of the kind of st- stuff that you found interesting um, since you've kind of joined Selby? I think, as as anyone could recognize, it's been a
0: fast-paced journey. I've said it before, so a lot has changed. And as you go through different stages of the startup, you know, you have to build things in a different way. And sometimes you have to, you know, pay down the debt that you put down early in the business. So some of the things that we, as most businesses have found, is that we have to manage our technical debt. So we've built something early on to get us to a certain stage. And then we've had to relook at that, either rewrite it, refactor it, and then deploy it again. So that's sort of a big challenge that most businesses face as you scale, as well as bringing our own internal team. You know, when the business was first founded, obviously, they used an external team to build the original prototype. And then we had to obviously change that to build our own internal tech team. And I believe the tech teams at about sort of 20 people in total, if you include all the designers and and subsidiary team members. There's also the challenge we had in terms of building the departments. Uh, And Chris, our CTO, has been fantastic in the way that he's strategically placed that, obviously with Cat, understanding what the business needs and building our own sort of data science, you know, analysis team, was definitely fundamental, being able to bring that in-house and ensure that we have the right data that we're training and constantly evolving our products, making sure that we are cross-platform or rather we have two native teams for mobile apps. That was a huge initiative as well. And having a really core backend or sort of infrastructure team that ensures that between the two, we have some core foundations. So it has obviously been challenging as we've grown. You know, we've had to shift and we've had to change. But I think bringing on the core team members really early in the journey and some of those core team members are still with us today you know have helped us to build a really good foundation so whenever something happens you know a new product is being developed now you know the foundations are much stronger so we're able to iterate much faster we're able to certify faster and we're able to ensure that we are safer we are more secure and our products as we develop are going to be better and better so it's really exciting for me. Obviously, you can see me uh, getting getting a bit uh, amped by this. Just to see how far our technology has come. Obviously yeah. When I first joined, uh, it, it was just an idea, obviously a, a very good idea, but we've been able to put things in place now that we're able to to do things that I could never have imagined in my wildest dreams three or four years ago. Yeah,
2: I would just I would just add to that that. Um, we're smarter in the decisions we make about how we build our tech now. Um, so for example, when we built our first few apps, um, we they were... They were very specific. They were very locked um, as the way they were built. Um, They were bespoke uh, for that particular scenario and no others. Um, The way we build our technology now is far more modular. It's like Lego bricks. Uh, (laughs) So we're able to, as Shelby said, we're able to iterate faster and be more responsive and agile to different opportunities that come our way uh, because the tech is just more mobile, easier to work with. Yeah. So that's been a great advantage and, and obviously makes the engineers happy as well <laughs> because it, it means that they, it's an easier it's an easier sell when we have a new, a new piece of work for them.
0: Yeah, exactly. I would definitely say that we're at that stage now where we're actually able to to scale and perform whereas we were finding our feet perhaps in the early days you know, once you launched your first product as, as you'll probably imagine, you're still learning. And I think the fact that obviously CATS has been a a big factor here in co-developing a product with a customer in a clinical setting or an environment has meant that the product that we now have is a lot more tailored and we are able to work with additional clients to say, well, we have this product, it's been built with a clinician in mind, we've got all these different stakeholders involved. So now the next stage up is just sort of wrapping that up and repeating it. Or iterating on those smaller concepts so from a project planning or management perspective it's, it's a little bit easier now we're not having to start from scratch every single time we've got a really good template as cat says to work from and that excites me because it means you can do so much more
2: selby said very kind things about me just then but i have to <laughs> say that our our engineering team is the best group that I have ever worked with, and I've been working in digital for more years than I'd like to admit, to be honest. Uh, so uh, they they think through the problem, they think ahead, they are um, strategic in the decisions they make. They care so much about the user's experience. Um, you know, I have worked with engineers who. Who don't? Uh, so actually, let me put that more positively. Ours really do. Um, they they will co- pull me up and say, "I'm not sure this is the best way forward um, for the UI on the screen," uh, because I found it frustrating, you know, as I was going through it testing. So um, that is our secret weapon, uh, really—the fact that we have engineers who care about the user's experience. Um, and I would say, if you are building a tech company, that's probably the number one thing you should look for, um, because if you hire on the basis of pure technical, taking a lot of skills on a, on a paper, you may not get that holistic approach that forward-thinking approach and that caring empathetic approach um, which is absolutely crucial to develop products in healthcare where people are intimidated uh, to to be empowered to to you know to look after their own healthcare they're already scared you need to develop products that really hold their hand that really feel comfortable to use and you need engineers that care you cannot impose that from the product side it has to come all the way through all departments really.
1: You touched on it there, the, obviously that kind of relates a lot, a lot to, to culture, which I know is a kind of big part of, of TestCard and has always been a kind of big part of, of TestCard. How do you kind of assess culture when you're kind of speaking to people? I think you mentioned off air that you've got quite like a, a process in place where you can tell if somebody's the, the right person. How, how, do you, how do you do that? <laughs>
0: It's very challenging. I can definitely talk about the early stage. Obviously Kat has been involved uh, in the later stage and other businesses. When it came to choosing the early team members, we really looked for people who had experience in startups who understood what they were getting into because it is, it is a challenging world. You know, things are shifting and changing. It's quite complex. So not only do you have to be technically capable or excellent at what you do, you need to be able to work in that environment. So for me, it's the way of working rather than just culture. Culture is obviously a really big word. So the way that we had to work was we constantly had to be on our feet. You know, We had to respond very quickly. So finding people who were responsive could think on their feet, that was very important. And, by engaging with individuals during the interview process and obviously the technical test, we were able to see how people worked. So really early on, we were able to bring on people who had worked in startups, understood what it would take to go from A to B and from B to C. You know, They didn't just think about the first you know, mile, they thought about the second, the third and or well, what's the knock-on effect of this and actually we're going to have to refactor this later so we're, we're adding a bit of technical debt here and we could have honest and realistic conversations. So I think early on, we brought on some really good senior or lead team members who themselves have then been able to bring on teams beneath them and so on and so forth. So now, you know, we're scaling at a much better and a more stable rate because we brought on great people early on. (laughs) We use the term legends, (laughs) honestly, maybe too much, but we do have a team of legends. It's wonderful to work with people who, you know, don't, get stuck in the detail too much in terms of, you know, we need to do this exact thing. We have honest and open discussions. We challenge one another. And if something doesn't work, we say, okay, this is not working. How You know, what's the core problem here? What's the goal we're trying to achieve? Let's solve that. And then we move on to the next thing.
2: I would add that and maybe this is a controversial statement. I don't know, but startups aren't for everybody. <laughs> the the pace of work, the the need, the requirement to be flexible to move from your attention from one thing to another at speed. Sometimes things get abandoned. Sometimes things uh, don't. You know that contract doesn't get signed, or or it does get signed, and the timelines are crazy. You know, and so. Sometimes when people leave a business, it's the right thing. It's the right thing for them and the right thing for us. We've been very fortunate in that we've held on to the bulk. As Selby was saying, some of the key people from the very beginning are still with the business. Um, And I think part of that, and I don't know how cliche or or simplistic this is going to sound. We hired... A group of people who are really kind to each other. We have a team that all pulls in the same direction. Uh, we have a goal in mind and we're all working for it collaboratively together. We want to help each other. There's such an environment of welcoming and support. When you join a test card, people will remark on it. Like, I can't believe how welcoming everyone's been since I since I joined the business. And that stuff matters. It it really makes a difference to your day-to-day, how you feel when you get up in the morning and switch on your computer. It's like, do you, do you sigh and think, oh gosh, here we go. Or do you think, oh good, my friends, you know, (laughs) I'm going to go and work hard uh, with a bunch of other people who are going to work hard uh, with me, you know? Um, So for me, it has been a remarkable life-changing experience. I I say that with utter sincerity. I'm American, so I can get away with it. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, that, I work for a business where I know the business cares about me. We encourage people, actively encourage people to take their holidays, to take a break. Um, We know how hard everybody works and we don't want to burn people out. So we have a quote, as Selby was saying, we don't, we're not interested in blame when something goes wrong. It's completely unproductive to focus on that. We want to find out why it went wrong so that we can avoid it happening next time. Um, And the way to do that is to provide safe spaces for people to be honest about mistakes that they've made um, so that we figure out a better way forward. So yeah, for me, it's the best job I've ever had. (laughs) Um, And a lot of it is the people is the team. And that's hard. That that needs to be protected. That's hard to put a team like that together, and especially hard for a startup. There are no rules. There's no handbook that you open when you start a new business to say, "Okay, this is what I do next." Dun 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 dun. dun. You know, Selby's worked with a lot of early, you know, early days businesses, and and he was incredibly key in putting together some structures and some processes for how we hire people, how we interview people. But at the end of the day, there is a feeling. There's a gut feeling that we carry around the leadership team uh, and keep people in the business carry around about what the culture is and whether that new person is going to fit into that culture.
1: I really like what you said there. It kind of resonates with me as well. I joined Cathcart like three and a half years ago. And like you said, the not having the thought of, oh, I've got work tomorrow. Um, it just makes it so much better and you, you know you're coming in to work with friends. Um, I've got friends that have got jobs and in, in our group chats and stuff. They'll be like, oh, work tomorrow, can't be bothered, that kind of thing. So yeah, it, it makes such a big difference going to work knowing you've got people there that you enjoy speaking with and, and get along with. So yeah, it's a, a massive plus. Agreed. I was going to add one thing. It's probably... Like
0: cat says, the best job I've ever had, but the reason being is because I get up in the morning and I want to go to work because I want to see my colleagues, because I want to solve the problems of that day. Just because the work itself sometimes might be very complex, might be very difficult. You know, it might make me think and actually challenge my thinking. You know, I have to level up almost every day, um, you know, every week sometimes, but I love it because I love the team I work with. So obviously Kat, you know, is is one of those lovely team members, but being able to (laughs) be able to sit down and say, guys, I'm having a bad day, or I'm, you know, I'm really stuck with this, or by the way, this is really, really soul destroying because of X and Kat will go, or, you know, one of the many team members will say, how can I help? The fact that people say, how can I help? And they try and lighten my load or someone's having a bad day and they try and remove obstacles from their way. Nothing can stand in our way. That's the feeling I have when I come work at Cisco.
2: And I would say in terms of if, if we're in a position to give advice, uh, but if we're giving advice to other people who are trying to, to build a business like this, I do genuinely think sector matters. Um, I work in med tech partially because I love this business and spe- specifically, but because the sector matters to me. I think technology and healthcare is absolutely essential to solve some of the huge challenges we have in healthcare. And so for me, that motivates me to get up, go to work every day, as Selby was saying, but also think big picture about the problems that are out there. We we have, you know, government announcements every every day, every week, saying, "Oh gosh, you know, the, the NHS is uh, is struggling, and uh, GP surgeries are overwhelmed, and hospitals are overwhelmed." We know we can make a difference in those problems, and that's incredibly motivating, especially working on products that I think are going to change the world. Uh, so I think that you really need to care about the sector you work in. You know, a, a previous job I had uh, was focused in another sector that just isn't that important to me, and I found that I didn't have the energy and the drive. So I think if you're out looking for a job, you know, look at companies that are doing work that matters to you. And that may sound simplistic, but it certainly has made a difference in my life.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And um, we just did kind of touch on like the the investment side of the business. I know test Card over the years have been kind of pretty successful in that. Is there any kind of advice that you would pass on um, to other kind of companies in, in similar situations? And I know recently kind of got a new C- ceo how's that kind of changed things as well
2: yeah i i think um we have been successful um you know our our uh, in previous investment rounds are a public record so people can look them up um but um we uh, we found that having partnerships with key players in the industry has been huge in um, ensuring that our investors and our stakeholders feel that credibility and that forward motion in the business. So, for example, last year we signed a multi-year contract with Roche, uh, which is a huge global diagnostics and pharmaceuticals company, and that was really really important. Just the potential of that. Partnership was really important to investors in the business for obvious reasons. Uh, you know, when you are tiny and you have uh, you don't have a lot of brand awareness, um, especially in the healthcare sector where trust in a brand is of paramount importance. You know, having a partnership with a company like that goes a long way. Um, and you know, you mentioned about CEOs. I think that having the right CEO for the right stage of your business is really crucial. So there will be that early days fighting for every penny, six guys, six people, I should say, in a room, um, decision-making, you know, every decision you make could be the end of the business. You need a particular kind of CEO for that. Then you get your sophomore slump of those first couple of years of just having to bring in cash to pay enough people to scale to that next level. Um, that That is a very difficult... So we can talk more about that stage of the business. That is a painful part of the business. And we have a CEO who genuinely saved we would not be a business if it wasn't um, for for him. Um, and we're very, very grateful to him. And then when he stepped aside, we brought in someone that can take us to that next level. level. So our current CEO has worked in healthcare and the health tech industry, for 30 years, he has all the contacts and network. There's, you know, there's really something to be said for him being able to call somebody up and say, hey, look, we've got this opportunity. Can you meet with some of my people, you know, and has the level of credibility for this stage of investors? Because it's not the same group, potentially, of investors as as the business grows. But I'll hand over to Selby because he's got a lot of insight on this side of things.
0: <laughs> I, d- I definitely have a bit of experience at the early stage, uh, but definitely we're, we're getting to that, that level now, as Kat says, where, you know, We are a very different business it's no longer about proving whether or not we can prototype or we can you know we can get some sort of customer attraction or validation we really need to get to the next level we need to go from selling one product to one customer or one hospital to multiple hospitals and you know expanding our portfolio so it's a very different stage at the early stage of course it's all about trust you know and it's all about validation you know do you have do you have a market you know are you the right team to take this to where it needs to be and do we trust you to deploy this and what are the sort of milestones along the way so really early on at this there's a lot of risk and you know you need to have that vision and i think our our, our founders do and did have that vision at the early stage and that's something that i felt as well in my previous business you know it's all about can you do this and then we got to that stage where you know we had our first you know ce mark we had our first product on the market and obviously, you know, we had a quality management system. So we proved that we could be trusted. We built something cool. We launched it, we certified it, and people were buying it. And then as Kat mentioned, we had that middle ground where now we had to actually scale. So at each stage, there is different challenges. And I think you need to plan out at least from my experience, you need to plan out that journey from day one. If you can see what's coming up in front of you, you can put the lines in the sand and say, this is what good looks like. This is what we need to achieve to, to unlock this kind of funding to then achieve this type of growth because you don't have all the time <laughs> that you would want. You don't have all the money from day one. And if you did, you'd probably burn it all. So being able to be really focused about this is the, the growth stage we're at. This is what we need to achieve. And this is the money we need. And these are the people who are going to deliver it. That gets everybody aligned as Kat said and we all swim in the same direction and I think that's part of the success it's not just having you know great individuals we are we have a great team we're really focused we know what good looks like we deliver it uh, and we've got you know great leaders like Kat and Chris and, and Andrew who sit at that leadership level and say okay enough's enough we need to focus on this when you stop doing these lovely pieces over here because that's great but this is where we need to focus uh, and I'm really glad that some of those you know really key decisions have been made
1: yeah and I think you you mentioned off air as well. One of the things that you felt was really important with the the investors that you had, especially within the medical space, they were kind of patient and they weren't didn't want to push you to get things out. It's obviously the quicker the better, but they were patient with things. And you you kind of mentioned that how important that was for especially a medtech kind of startup.
2: Absolutely. In healthcare, nothing moves quickly. And especially <laughs> if you're working with the NHS, it is a very, very slow pipeline. And so you, you don't want the kind of investors who, you know, are expecting an immediate return. I mean, it, it's it's not realistic. You know, you can go invest in a company that sells phone cases, you know, <laughs> uh, we, we need to, we need to mature the opportunities over time. And we're moving as fast as they'll allow us to move. It's not us that's slowing things down, but just the contracting and procurement process. So for example, one of the things we're really excited to do in our B2C space is to get our UTI test kit product um, commissioned on the NHS so that it's a product that can be provided by healthcare professionals and the prescription can be provided through the NHS. Um, that is something that we have been looking at for the better part of a year, not looking at, actively working on uh, for the better part of a year. And um, and it's going to happen. It's just not fast. Um, you know, our, our partner at Guidance St. Thomas's, Dr. Batra always says that working with the NHS is incredibly difficult, but just do it, do it anyway, <laughs> Figure figure out how to make it work and do it you know, the NHS is the only game in town for healthcare in the UK. Um, so that's not true. There's a lot of private enterprise and we're working with them too, but, uh, but, you know, it's the, it's the focus, isn't it? The NHS. So, um, so, you know, where we are right now is we we're in a fortunate position that our, it, our, our investors and stakeholders seem to understand the potential of the opportunities that we are, we are following through to the end at this stage. And that means, uh, you know, cause you know, in a small company, the board will have a lot of power. And so there needs to be some harmony between the leadership in the business and the board and the investors and the stakeholders. Everybody sort of needs to be aligned, as Selby was saying, um, on the goals of the business and what is realistic to achieve those goals. And at the moment, we're in a, a, a good place yeah. on that.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. And yeah, definitely valuable advice for for other startups, I'm sure. And you kind of touched on it there in terms of the the kind of future plans for TestCard. I know that there's kind of other things that you want to do breaking into the kind of US market. What are we likely to see in the next kind of 12, 24 months from TestCard?
2: Yeah. So um, the US is obviously where everybody wants to to end up, you know. (laughs) Um, It's not something we're going to do piecemeal. Um, it's not something we're going to do until we're very ready. Uh, so we would expect, anticipate that that the series a round would be in in aid of, um, launching into the U S so things as, as basic as distribution and a marketing and sales organization in the U S it's, it's enormous, you know, it's a really big country, um, with a lot, a lot of consumers. Uh, so, um, You have to be positioned correctly, very likely, again, with a partnership rather than just striking out under our own banner. Um, in the U.S. and actually, some of the opportunities we have with our European partners are very likely to uh, bear fruit uh, in the U.S. That's that's likely to be our strategy and go to market in that market. So uh, that's very exciting. But down the road a little bit, um, in the interim, our our partnership with Roche, our partnership with some other test manufacturers, uh, we want to expand the clear screen product to support. We can support both. Uh, Lateral flow, you know, like a COVID test and also colorimetry, so dip, you know, dip tests where the little pads change color, we can support both of those um, in the product. So we're fortunate to have a business development team that gives us lots and lots of feedback about what what might be uh, suitable and useful um, for potential clients um, looking at rapid diagnostic testing, whether that be in a clinical setting or at home. That whole side of the business is very likely to be what grows the most in the next year to, t- to two years, really. And then the self-test space, there's a lot of very boring regulatory uh, challenges that I won't get into, but uh, it is harder to launch a self-test product uh, than it used to be. So so that's the real beauty of being able to, to work in these clinical spaces and this sort of hybridized organization-led at-home testing spaces because there's a little bit less regulatory burden um, because it's healthcare professionals using the product so uh so that's where we're focused for the time being and then we look for opportunities to move into that self-test space with the ultimate goal of people being empowered um to look after their own healthcare as much as possible in their in a place that's private convenient comfortable discreet etc
1: no that's that's really exciting and it's obviously been great to to see the growth from from test cards over the last three years and it sounds like it's only gonna go in, in one direction, which is which is great to see. How are people able to, to kind of stay um connected with you LinkedIn, your your kind of website, what's the, the kind of best way?
2: Yeah. So testcard.com is about to have an overhaul. I would oh, say wow. in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a brand new <laughs> website. Amen. So stay tuned. Very exciting. Stay tuned. Um, th- it, that's been a really interesting journey, actually, um, in terms of like how a company evolves a website, we were very, very focused. The current version of the website is very, very focused on that B2C space. We were keeping the professional use product quite separate. We had, it's it had its own website, et cetera. And we are now bringing all of that, you know, in, um, and, and encompassing all of what we do as a business, um, on the website. So you, if you watch the evolution of a startup or a scale ups website, you can see exactly what they're focused on as a business. It's really interesting. But yeah, LinkedIn is where we are most active. So test cards uh, page on LinkedIn, please do um, follow us. And we we post everything there from really announcements about the business and new exciting projects that we're working on to reposting, you know, NHS and government announcements about, you know, work in this digital space. Um, so exciting, you know, trends and changes in the industry
1: it's yeah it's exciting to see and uh, it'd be good to to kind of have you you both back on and say a year or two's time just to see how things have gone and what's going to happen but yeah just a a massive thanks for for taking the time to to come and chat today it's been really insightful what you you've said um as i said it's it's been great to to kind of see the the journey test card have been on so yeah hopefully continues to, to go in that direction
2: it was a pleasure jack thanks for having us
1: thanks for having us Thanks very much for listening to How I Built This, brought to you by Cathcart Technology, Scotland's technology recruitment experts. Whatever platform you're listening on, please click the follow button and share the podcast with anyone you think would be interested in listening. If you're a tech leader in Scotland and want to share your story, then please don't hesitate to get in touch. If you work within the tech sector and are looking for a job or looking for some help on your tech team, then please get in touch with me, Jack Stephen, or follow us on our socials, Cathcart Technology, or via our website, cathcarttechnology.com.